All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. What an amazing episode we have for you guys. The Timberwolves have all new players after having the number one pick in the draft, bringing back uh, Ricky Rubio and also the Minnesota Vikings stumble yet again. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Northeast Podcast. Northeast Distcast. It's because we are socially distanced podcasting. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? It's not the same, but I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm all right, man. I miss you guys. I'm already going to retire Distcast. Yeah. I tried, to, I, tried to, I tried to use Homecast last time. I don't know if that I liked the ever. Homecast as more a little more catchy than Disc. disc. I was like, okay, I wasn't following you for a minute. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we sound uh, happy and bubbly, but we are not because we no. just watched our Vikings crap the bed at home uh, to go one and four, I believe, at home on the year with a loss to the two win Cowboys 31 to 28. So we are in a bad mood. But that doesn't mean yeah. we're not going to give you a good podcast. Here we go. Lots of good stuff to talk about today. Before we dive into this stuff, um, we are trying to practice what we preach. We always tell you guys to be responsible and to do the right things. And so we are social distance podcasting or homecasting uh, to try to set a good example and stop the spread. Yeah. I don't think anything's stopping the spread at this point. Yeah. Um, definitely not everyone just doing what they want on Thanksgiving. <laughs> that won't spread at all. That um, won't help at all. All right, guys. So well, don't worry, guys. Ted, Ted Cruz is leading the charge that you're not going to take his Thanksgiving away from him. So hopefully Don't he take my it. turkey, motherfucker. Yeah. Such a strong post from a strong man. That's what he said. Yeah. It was like a graphic image, like a, a just a, a, a picture of like, don't take my turkey or something. And it's like, yeah. okay, Raphael, you're from Canada. Calm down. I mean, I mean, uh, Ted Cruz literally bowed down and kissed the ring uh, after the guy said that his dad killed JFK and yeah. his <laughs> wife has a dog face. Yeah. <laughs> On yeah. national TV. Yeah. That wasn't like a tweet. That was like national TV. Yeah, like two weeks yeah. he, he heard that stuff and he was like, yes, master. All right. Yep. Um, so please give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Northeast Podcast. Also subscribe on Podbean Podcast app and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts from. And uh, please rate the Northeast Podcast. We are so thankful for you guys, our listeners, and that's why we give you guys two episodes at least every single week for like four years or something. And in return, you guys could give us a thankful Thanksgiving five-star review. Five stars only. Appreciate it. All right. Um, guys, what are you drinking at home here on this Homecast Nordies podcast? I'll go first. Um, <clears throat> picked up a crowler of Barrel Theory. Uh, it's called FOMO Intensifies, a double dry hop IPA. Uh, it's really good, shockingly, from Barrel Theory. Uh, fantastic beer. That sounds great. I'm jealous. I am drinking a favorite of ours, uh, Party Forward, the new 12-pack of 12-ounce cans from our friends at Fair State. Okay. I'm excited to get that 12-pack from Fair State. Brand new, 
and a good beer. I'm drinking a. I think there was some audio problems there for a second. Yeah, I think but, the audio like yeah. crackled a little bit there. So I'm drinking a fucking truly, and it's a mango flavor. It's not bad. But I saved all my good beer for for our next pod. So the screen. Hey, listen, you're 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 stone fruit through and through, even with the trulies. <laughs> Can't escape it. All right, guys. So we will start with our Minnesota Vikings. They had won three in a row. They beat the Packers bad. They beat the Lions bad. They beat the Bears since the last time we talked to you guys in an ugly game. And they were going for their fourth straight against the lowly Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton spearheaded Dallas Cowboys. Let's not forget that. It's not like they were playing with Dak Prescott. Okay, so this game, um, I still cannot believe we allowed this one to get away. Um, we followed the four and six. Uh, I think our playoff chances, we we might need to win every game. Uh, at most, we can probably lose one game and still make the playoffs. Mm. That hurts. It's not good. Not against the two and seven club. Um, so let's start with the bad. Um, the defense was just terrible. Yeah, atrocious. They had no pass rush. Um, they were taking stupid penalties. They were losing in man coverage. They there was huge gaps in the zone. They dropped numerous interceptions. Andy Dalton seemed to have all day to throw the ball. Uh, Zeke ran all over us. Tony Pollard ran all over us. And uh, there was a long touchdown run by Tony Pollard where Chris Jones just decided not even to tackle him or even to try. And the whole scheme of the play was to scheme your cornerback to being the guy who has to come up and make the tackle, which was Chris Jones, and he just chose not to do it. Brutal. Yeah, they made a big deal about it on the, on the broadcast. Yeah, it was just an awful look for him. Um, and then at the end of the game, you put the defense out there. We didn't get one stop. They couldn't do it. Dallas drive all the way down the field. Scores a touchdown with uh, under two minutes to go to take the lead, and that would be the difference in the game. Um, also, you could, you could also you could just kind of feel it at certain points in the game. Like this was this was not going to go our way. I don't, I don't, it's like an intrinsic thing where you've watched enough Vikings bad losses that you can feel it coming. The officiating was against us for most of the game. I know that the officials tried to even out some of the calls, but two of those were on extra point tries. Just nothing, nothing we were doing defensively in special teams was working all that well. I thought the offense was okay. So the line really struggled in this game. And uh, we missed um, Ezra Cleveland, who was out. The offensive line, especially the interior of the offensive line, really struggled. Um, Cousins, in the first half, I don't know what the final numbers were for the game, but in the first half, Cousins was pressured on 47% of his 15 dropbacks. Well, were we playing the 49ers last year? Yeah, it was the same thing there. So that really hurt us in the first half. Um, We didn't block well in the run game. We definitely didn't block well in the passing game. Um, I would say that the defense and the offensive line were the, the big losers of this game. Uh, our special teams is also still terrible. Disaster. Um, now for some good, um, I know cousins will get ripped, but he doesn't really need to be ripped for this game. He was probably our best player on the day. Um, he was 22 of 30 for 314 yards and three touchdowns. I know people will go after him about the, the, um, the last drive, the four and out, but he did have Justin Jefferson drop a pass alone. 
he did have Adam Thielen being held for about 20 feet before the play was made on the ball. And he did have pressure right in his face as he just threw a desperation ball up at the end of the game. Um, Cook had another big day, 115 yards and a touchdown. He added five for 45 receiving. Thielen had a huge day, eight for 123 and two touchdowns. And Jefferson had another good day, three for 86 and a touchdown, but he did have a costly drop. So that drop was so was so costly because he could have probably number one he would have got out of bounds he was already sprinting across the field and probably could have got another five six yards i mean it at least would have been a first down yep yeah. yeah um so this team is what it is they are a um not deep enough not good enough team that has enough superstar talent to at least be fun to watch yeah it's weird that um we went from like, let's tank to, all right, we might be in this thing. And then for three and a half quarters, we were like, let's win. And now we feel, and now I feel like we're just a, a work in progress team again. You know what I mean? Like uh, all that Eric, Eric had the shovel ready. He was ready to start putting coal on the furnace. The Packers lost. The bears are in shambles. Like the division was going to open up a little bit more. The Lions um, at least, at least to at least the Lions got shut out to a XFL quarterback. Yeah, and it, who knows? <laughs> and and uh, like Eric was ready to open up the gate to the furnace and start shoveling the coal in on the on the Vikings hype train. Oh, and now that's I think, right. And now he's, I, at the end of the game, I get I'm guaranteeing Eric chucked the shovel off the train and he jumped off the moving train and rolled into the bushes and called it a day. It sucks because you can already you can already see what's going to happen here. You know that they are going to. Go into the draft next year. They're going to be short at least one or two safeties. They're going to be short at least one or two corners, and they're going to take another defensive back in the middle of the first round. It's done and dusted. We are already taking another defensive yeah, back. Yeah, instead of having an early or mid second round pick, we'll have a, a later second round pick, and you know we'll take some boring defensive tackle, and we we go again. Yep. I mean, Cousins was so bad in the beginning of the season when we opened up just like playing horribly that. We were all hoping to tank for, uh, you know, Trevor, like a QB. Yeah. And obviously I think that even now Cousins has once again done enough to remain a starter on a decent team. Like that's kind of where he loves to hang out. I think that even if we got a high pick now, we wouldn't be looking at a QB with it, right? I just, I don't understand. I can't describe, to, if someone asked me to describe where Cousins is as a quarterback, I don't know if I could. Because he's like the most curious case of a quarterback that I have ever seen. He puts up great numbers. Um, the advanced metrics people love him. Like, not the people, but like their numbers love him. <laughs> right. And so, like, he constantly plays on reasonably good teams now. He puts up good stats. His receivers are great. He is a part of a great offense. He always ranks in the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. But even the advanced metrics guys and all of the pundits and all of the fans and even probably the Vikings players don't buy it. Like he somehow doesn't pass the eye test, but he passes every other test. And I don't he, know. He's like a, a modern arm QB stuck in a, a 90s QB body slash mobility. It's, it's very strange because even, even the guys that are like typical like pocket passers only, like let's just take Tom Brady – have this unique innate ability to 
avoid rushes and step up and move in the pocket quickly, but not with like, they're not Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? They're, they're not Michael Vick. They're not, you know, Cam Newton from back in the day. Cousins has none of that. And it constantly kills us when he's getting pressured. He can't just like sidestep a guy or he doesn't feel the corner coming off the edge like Brady does. And he just, that is the biggest thing that's lacking in buying him time. Even when he's getting pressure, he just can't seem to find a slick way to get out of it without, you know what I mean? He like, we know he's not mobile, but neither is Tom Brady, but Tom Brady avoids rushes like a pro. Same with Drew Brees. Like those guys mm-hmm. have that ability to like step up and maybe they have better offensive lines, but yeah, I, Cousins is is constantly befuddling where you just, you don't know what you're going to get on one throw or the next. Um, the Vikings. But then he's dropping dimes in the back of the end zone and, you know, two weeks in a row and you're like, well, I love that Kirk, but then the other guy yeah. you don't like. It's I like, mean, he looked great. He looked really good today overall. Like I didn't see a lot of fault in his game. No, and you look at like PFF, it's funny because I listen to all the PFF podcasts and the guys on there don't like him. They like mock him and like think he's bad, but they constantly grade him as like the eighth best quarterback in the league, like multiple years in a row now. Mm. And so I don't know. It's just, he's a strange case. Well, that's cause that's done by a computer. Yeah. And if they had their druthers, if they were like, if they, we can override this, we're going to put him at like 14th. You know what I mean? So he's just like too good to get replaced, but he's like, not good enough to like really contend for the title. Well, he never, I wouldn't say he's a guy that ever wins games on his own. It has to be like this big team effort and, you know, I mean, I'll give him the playoff win against, you know, new Orleans to go down and score. Um, I mean, that was, that was incredible, uh, you know, in overtime, but I, I just, those flashes of brilliance are few and far between from all of the, the constant getting smashed and like, you know, he gets tackled and the DB just rips it right out of his hands. And as he rolls over him on the tackle, the, the, the constant like arm fumbles that he had, you know, two, three weeks ago against Seattle, Mm -hmm. it was like two weeks in a row, maybe three weeks in a row. Anyway, I I don't want to talk about cousins anymore. Okay. (laughs) I'm over it. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, Around the NFL, Packers lose uh, to Indianapolis. They were up 28-14 to 14 at the half. They go down 31-28 after giving up 17 straight. They get a field goal to end the game. Um, what is it? Valdez Scantling has a fumble in overtime, and it leads to a Blankenship field goal, and the Colts beat the Packers. The Lions, like I said, got blanked 20 nothing to the bridgewater list McCaffrey list XFL quarterback led Carolina Panthers, which is wild. Um, I think the worst news of the day was definitely Joe Burrow tearing his ACL and what was a pretty gruesome injury. If you saw it, did you ever see that video? I didn't see it. And I feel like, you know, all the social media coverage and stuff wasn't really showing it. They were more showing him on the stretcher, you know, or him like taking the ride in the cart. I feel like it must have been pretty gross for them not to replay it. I mean, it wasn't like one of those compound fractures where the guy's bone goes to the skin or something. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, he just bends in a way that you're like, well, that's that can't be good. And it was one of those. I ones mean, it could it could just be like a really bad hyperextension and everything's okay. Well, he already said, he already tweeted out season's over and they already announced ACL. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Yeah, yeah he yeah. said something like, thanks for the support. You can't get rid of me that easily. See you next year. 
Yeah, that sucks. Right. Hey, Joe, that's what happens when you get drafted by Cincinnati. Your ACL falls off about midseason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then your Steelers are 11-0. and um, But for some reason, Vegas doesn't believe in the Steelers that much. Don't get it. They're just okay, I think. I think I think everyone knows that there's just not enough there's not enough left in the tank with Big Ben to really win this thing. So they're, they're yeah, maybe maybe not, but like I mean, do you see the AFC being like that formidable for them in the playoffs if they're let's just assume they're gonna be a one seed? Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, so they're gonna get to the AFC championship game. I don't see why they I mean, the Chiefs defense isn't that much to write home about. I I think they could you know, if they get a couple of good breaks and have a shootout with them, they could win. Oh, they could for sure. They're a good team. I'm not trying to say they're not a good team, but um, yeah. So they're 11 and 0. I'm just saying. What's more? What's a more surprising stat to you, Eric? That the Steelers are 11 and 0 at this point in the season, or that Josh Allen is second in the lead in passing yards? I think that the Steelers are 11 and 0. I Josh Allen is just like <laughs> drop back and huck it down the field kind of guy. And the Steelers, who? Me, yeah, and the, the the Steelers to me are like they're in every game. I mean, they had a tough game against the Cowboys that two weeks ago. Um, they played, you know, it ended up not being close, but they were in a game with the Jaguars for a while. So I don't know. It's we're getting to that point in the NFL where um, the playoffs are starting to take shape, and sadly, it doesn't look like our guys are going to be there. So let's move on to something more exciting. Oh, okay. That is, our Minnesota Timberwolves are back. The draft happened and free agency started, and there are a lot of new players on the Timberwolves. So I'm going to run mm-hmm. through all of the new additions to our team. Okay. Talk about them kind of one at a time, and then we can kind of uh, go through what we think this team's going to look like. Can't wait, man. It's been all an right. exciting week for the Timberwolves. So we start out with the first overall pick. There was a lot of questions about who it was, but I think the closer we got to the draft, it became pretty obvious that they were going to take uh, Georgia shooting guard Anthony Edwards. Um, I believe he's still 18 years old or just turned 19. He has grown since they measured him last. He's now 6'6", 230. So, Good size. He's, he's like P.J. Tucker's body, but like Russell Westbrook's, Russell Westbrook's athleticism. Holy shit. So, you, do you think that's because he's when you say like too that. much? Or is that because he's just like growing as a as a man? Well, he grew an inch and five pounds in the last couple of months. I heard that he wasn't in the best shape at his workouts. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's probably a little of both. But I think that this is a kid who everybody's trying to already talk about how he's going to be a bust and how he doesn't care and he makes stupid comments and stuff. But I think what we have to remember is. This is a kid who reclassified, should have just graduated high school this last year. He is a child who is super athletic, whose mom and grandma, who were the only two people who looked after him, passed away within a few months of each other when he was 14 years old. And we should think it was great that he has ended up where he has. And we would only expect someone like that to mature more with the right system around them. So... I think that we shouldn't be trying to pass judgment on some kid for being immature when we know that kids are immature. 
Yeah. I mean, fuck, I don't know how Big Cat is, but he acts like a straight-up man-child most of the time. So I was going to say, wait till Big Cat takes him under his wing and shows him how to play Fortnite. <laughs> this is how you really bitch about a, a obvious like foul that you committed. This is how you do it. Make sure you look indignant as yeah, shit. you got to use arms in the air, flapping yeah. your arms. You watch the replay. You got to work on your surprised face in the mirror, too. Like, act, <laughs> act, you know, like the I didn't do anything face. Oh, but, yeah. Edwards is a plus shooter who is going to be able to get to the rim. Uh, should be a really good scorer. Should be great in transition. His big, the big complaints are not that he can't shoot, but that he takes dumb shots. Um, that he isn't really a very smart player at this time, and that he is not a great defender. Um, I think so. Young Wiggins. I think that there is a chance that he's Wiggins, but there's also a chance he's like Dwayne Wade. If I had to bet on one of the two, I would bet on Wiggins. Like, the talent is supreme and the athleticism is there, but he just never puts it all together. But I do think that if they put the right people around him, he could be a special scorer as well. So, Well, lucky for us, Glenn Taylor really knows how to run an organization, so that should be that should be as come as no surprise. Um, <laughs> We're so, known for great great player development here, for sure. So we'll get to a big trade we made on draft night, but just going through the, the rookies we drafted. Then we took um, the Argentine Leandro Balmero, who played in Spain the last few years. And he is a big, tall, long um, point guard who I'm going to guess is going to be a worse version of a guy we'll talk about in a little bit, Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. Like a a skilled um, point guard who's long and smart and has played professional basketball, but maybe lacks the athleticism to ever be an elite player. And then we brought in um, Jaden McDaniel, a small forward, power forward, um, kind of like skinny, undersized, sharp shooting um, wing who didn't do much in college but, like, has all of the tools to be really good, I wouldn't count on him to do much in year one. Yeah. And not only that, wasn't he – he was passed around twice. Like, we we got a sloppy thirds for him. Like, didn't he get traded to the Thunder and then, then we got him? Um, this is somebody we drafted, right? No, we drafted this guy. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. The pick was traded twice, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then on draft night, the big move was the Wolves bring back uh, Ricky Rubio, who, for some reason, I don't know why I'm excited that he's back. You know why you were excited? Because we no longer expect to win. We just want to have fun. And that's fun. I think Rubio, Rubio is a good player, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. And I think that Rubio is a much better three-point shooter than when he was here last. And I think that the reason they wanted him is because he has had real success in the last two years playing with Donovan Mitchell, a young guard, a young scoring guard, and um, uh, Devin Booker, another young scoring guard. And so he uh, has had real success uh, in building them offensively. They were statistically so much better when they played with Rubio and so I don't know if it's for Edwards or if it's for Russell, but I do think that they're trying to unlock some of our shooting guard talent um, with having them be paired up with Rubio. So 
I think it's going to be a good move. It's not exactly the blockbuster trade we were all hoping for, but at very worst, Ricky gives you a bench presence that's yeah. going to come out and really improve your second unit. And I think that early in the year and maybe all year, he's going to be a starter. Oh, really? I, would, I, I think he'll be a bench guy. So you think they'll put Rubio at point and D'Lo at two to yeah. start the season? Yeah, makes sense. I would say at least for the first month, especially with such a short time to the season, I think those two will be your two guards. And I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense because you want to bring a guy in that you could just literally hand the keys to the offense to and say, teach the young fellas how to do it. And then, you know, you'll eventually either get phased out or if you're good enough, you're going to help everyone else have to raise their game too. So I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that like by the end of the year, if everything went as they planned, if it went how they wanted, they would be able to play something like Beasley, um, Beasley, Edwards, and uh, Russell, and Rubio could come in on the second team. I think would be mm-hmm. the, the ideal situation for the end of the season for them. Um, but Ricky is going to be a, one of our better players from the get go, and it's going to be fun having him out there. So I'm I'm actually pleased. All we did was move down and take guys that we wanted. It sounds like, anyways. Well, yeah. and, and Jimbo, you got out from under your. Uh, you got Jimbo. You got out from under your biggest fear, which was uh, trading picks for an aging veteran. Yeah. Um, and really, we got a we got a decent veteran at a decent price. Yeah. So and, and, I think you know, that's the good. And more players, more young players, to just take a flyer on and see what their ceiling could be. My problem with Ricky is that he's not a scoring threat. Um, I don't want him shooting threes. I, I mean, I, the reason that, I mean, it, it's great that he has probably imp- improved his shooting percentage a little bit, but he's not a scoring threat. The reason he has all those highlights with these amazing passes is because he has to pass into double coverage because he um, usually is not being guarded. So he, he somebody gets double teamed when he's out there. So, I mean, I think he's he's a bench guy. Like, that's exciting for me as a bench dude. I hope they don't try to force him into a starting position. Um, but we'll see. So I have a question for you guys. Are, are, you, are we kind of done describing the main pieces of our new lineup? Well, I want to go through just a couple other things that they did. So okay. they signed we'll go, yeah. Beasley, who was a restricted free agent, mm-hmm. who just got done um, getting in trouble for having uh, <laughs> pointing an assault rifle at people uh, during the Parade of Homes. <laughs> Is that what that was? That's what yeah. he got in trouble for? Yeah, like people were like on his property during the Parade of Homes and he like pointed an assault rifle at them and told them to get the fuck off his property. And then he searched his house, found a bunch of guns, and found a bunch of weed. Wow. I still I still hate those lawyers down in North Carolina more, but they did the same thing, sounds like. So they did um, four years, $60 million, three years for sure, fourth year's a team option. The deal is pretty much, I think, three years, $43 million is what the deal really is. And then... Mm-hmm. Fourth year, that's pretty reasonable. That's really reasonable, I think. And then the fourth year is a team option for one year, seventeen million. I think it's a great okay. deal. No, it's Decline. a good deal. Juan Juancho Hernan Gomez resigns three years, twenty-one million. The last year is a team option as well. So pretty much two years, I think thirteen million is really what the deal is. Then they have an out, which they probably will take. And then they traded today. Um, uh, Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans, two guys we got in the Russell trade from, um, the Warriors 
plus a future second round pick, which who knows what that is or when that will be, or even if it will happen um, for 31 year old power forward, Ed Davis, who will, you know, be a bench guy, veteran, you know, big man for us. He probably won't play too much. So that gives you to the best of my ability, 13 guys for 12 spots. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio, um, uh, Leandro Balmero, uh, Anthony Edwards, um, Jaden McDaniels, Jaden McDaniel, uh, Beasley, Akogi, Culver, uh, Layman, Hernan Gomez, Davis, Towns, and Reed. So one of those guys can't dress. So it's going to be Layman or Davis, I would guess, would probably not dress. Do we still have Evan Turner? Really? No, they like Layman. They like Layman. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm just saying. Uh, no, Evan Turner is yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, um, but I know you had a good question for us, Jim. So what is your question? I do. I mean, this team is so different now. So, you know, say that say that we're okay throughout the season and it's getting to two important games where we maybe, you know, during the regular season fighting for position in the, the playoffs. And there's two minutes left on the clock. With this new look team, who's out there for the last two minutes? All right, I'll go first, and then Eric, you can correct me. So two minutes left. Uh, I'm going to say Cat, obviously. Yep. Uh, who are we playing, by the way? Say we're playing the Jazz, and they are also right competing for like six, seven. Okay, I'm going to say it's going to be. Is this early in the season or late in the season? Sorry for all the permutations. It's down, down the stretch, okay? Down okay, the stretch. down the stretch. Then it's you for sure going to be Rubio, Russell, Cat. Uh, um, I'm going to say. Boy, I'll say Rubio, Russell, Cat, Okogi, and boy, I don't know. Um, Beasley. Yeah, we're gonna That's go small. Cool um, but I think you have Okogi for defense, Rubio for ball handling, uh, Russell for a little bit of shooting. Um, I don't know, Beasley. I might have too many guards out there, but that was the, that was my best guess. I totally agree. Really? Totally agree. You think you nailed it? I think you nailed it. So you think there's no chance that you have Culver wouldn't be out there? Um, no. You think no. that? No, I think that Beasley. You said Beasley. Edwards. Edwards wouldn't be out there. I think Edwards. See, I, I don't think Ricky's out there. I think that they try to get um, Okogi instead of. Akogi is a is a more natural oh, like both had a scoring threat. Oh, you I guys did. Yeah, okay, I said okay. Then actually, I think we're we're pretty close. Russell. Um, the good thing is Rubio and Russell. Even though Russell's a terrible defender, Ricky's a good defender and he's pretty tall. Russell's pretty tall. Akogi is okay size. Beasley is okay size. They all are kind of like that six four to six six range where they can kind of guard and switch, and then Towns. You know, as your one big out there who could step out and shoot too. You're a little undersized, but as long as you're not. That's what the league is going to anyway. I oh, mean, no, I, don't, okay. I don't think that lineup is that far off, even though it's, like I said, it's kind of small. But I, I think that's that might be the lineup, play three guards. So just so you know, last year, uh, I know you're not a believer right now, but Ricky shot over 36% from three, which was like. Actually the, not bad. Which is the equivalent of like 
um, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell, Wes Matthews, Karis LeVert, um, Siakam. Um, you know, like that's pretty good. I didn't know it was that high. Yeah, like he's he has really, really, really worked on developing that shot. So he shot three threes a game, and he made over one of them a game. So I think he's going to be a nice calming influence on this team. Well, right. I'm excited to to get the new the new Ricky Rubio jersey. I think I'm going to re up on it. <laughs> My last one's looking kind of dusty, and it was in the ugliest jerseys the Wolves have ever had. Yeah, oh yeah, kind of like ugly blue with the black trim with the points on the collar comes down. Real ugly shit. It's not, it was a turquoise, but it's not blue. It's, ru- no. it's real, real rough. In reality, yeah. there's probably two jerseys to get right now. Um, either Russell or Edwards. Yeah. So I'll you, get those too. No, but wouldn't you say those are kind of the two main ones right now? Yeah, for sure. Everyone kind of has their Towns. Also, Towns is just a douche. Eric, did you just meet Minnesota fans? And nobody wants any jersey but Ricky because we love when a guy comes home. <laughs> we do. All right. Uh, guys. I heard he's shooting 36 from three, so now I'm, like, back on board. Yeah, like, oh, he, Ricky's going <laughs> to be an awesome. all-star. He's going to be an okay player for us, and you're going to be happy that we have him. I, as long as we're having fun. All right, uh, next up, Gophers football are back. We are back on the bandwagon. <laughs> what? <laughs> Slow down. I'm joking. We're not back on the bandwagon, but they did get a win. Um, they beat uh, Purdue. Purdue. Actually, we didn't beat Purdue. The referees beat Purdue. Yeah, so the referees got uh, back at the Vikings for the Purdue game, um, and we, they completely and totally gifted the game to <laughs> the Gophers. Literally. I mean, it was really bad. Some of the worst calls I've ever seen. The touchdown. But you're right. There, there was definitely some, like, karmic – uh, refereeing balance that happened today against the Vikings versus what happened with the Gophers. The offensive pass interference is one of the worst calls I've ever seen in sports. Yeah. In the history of sports. But um, then for them to like pull that back and then he throws a pick to end the game the very next play is, I mean, that's poetic, but it's brutal. It didn't have to go like that. They could have still won. They could have had a couple plays in between. The very next play, the game ends. Well, and then not only that, their their receiver, our DB was like all over their receiver. Like, I mean, just like lots of contact. And of course, there was no flag. Yeah. So their coach was just incensed. All right, guys. So uh, also sticking with Gopher Sports, um, Gopher Hockey is ranked in the top 10. And they had a big serious sweep over Penn State to start their 100th. <laughs> year as a program uh this makes me laugh so much eric because you're describing how much of a gopher hockey fan you were mm-hmm. based on how well they're doing well they're in the top 10 so now they're top of mind for you like you're you're yeah. back in on the gopher hockey bandwagon i only really wanted to talk we're not going to cover gopher hockey on the regular because people don't care um but here's the thing the two reasons i wanted to cover them is one is their 100th season which is really cool they've got this really cool 100th season logo on everything. And two, their jerseys, did you guys see them? No. They. You need to look them up. Go for hockey, I don't know, against Penn State or something. They have uh, gold breezers with maroon and white stripes. They have white jerseys with gold gophers diagonal. I think they had gold helmets on. Beautiful hockey uniforms. And the changing of the breezer color uh, from just having black to having all different colors now 
just makes me so happy. They were beautiful jerseys. Please tell me when you find them. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm seeing found I'm them. Seeing these sick. like throw, throwback ones are fucking sweet. Which ones? Well, I'm seeing the one that has like the gophers, like just gophers down the diagonal on the chest. Is that one of them? They have gold. Oh yeah. yeah have, well, are... it's just the it's just the jersey for sale at like a sports store, like at Shields. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's white with uh like you know golden gophers, like Jimbo said, diagonal across the chest, and then there's like a a gold. And maroon and gold stripe across the waist and the arm. And it's awesome. They're really, really slick. Damn. They're very, very cool. Different. Really different than years past. Um, yeah. No, here's here's what the breezers look like if you guys can see them on here. Yep. Okay. Oh, they look like they look like basketball like gym shorts, dude. I love them. <laughs> oh, it looks like the Lakers would have wore those. You know what I mean? Like, that's so cool. So everyone go look them up. I know it's weird when we're looking things up on a podcast, but you guys should too. They're awesome. And it is a cool story to follow. 100 years of gopher hockey. Even though they've been absolutely embarrassing the last few years, they are still and will always be one of the premier programs in the country. And they're like the only sport where for a long period of time, we were like the Alabama of college hockey. And I know that people are like, who cares? It's college hockey. And you're right. But let us have it. <laughs> yeah leave us alone Jeez. all right guys currently as we are recording this um the mls playoffs are going on and the loons just scored a second and a half goal to go up two nothing over the colorado rapids i believe they're called in a four or five matchup in st paul at the alliance um loons uh looking to move on to the final eight the elite eight the great eight um and yeah, are you guys going to be, are you guys paying attention to this? Is this just uh, elevator music to you or do you care about what's going on with the loons? I care. I mean, I, I, I didn't even know they were playing and I didn't know it was a playoff game, but now that I know now I'm in. So this is exciting to be watching this. And then, so would they go on and then they'd be in the top, the elite eight you said? Yeah. So whatever they want to call it. I, so there's an entire bracket to the whole thing. Um, I think they call it like the quarterfinals. Okay, I think that's probably what it is. But and then then they'll be you know the final four is the semifinals. So if they win, they play one seed, um, Sporting KC, who had to go to penalty kicks against San Jose to eight seed. So it's not like this isn't a game that we could, um, you know, find our way through. Um, but I don't. It's also the MLS, so who cares? Like you can beat anybody at any time yeah, in the playoff game. There's like I don't even know who a really good team is. Like I thought that LAFC was the best team, and they're like a seven seed. So what do I know? Yeah. So what happens if they win the whole thing? What's your reaction? Um, is it like streaking through the quad? Like take some time off, time off work to party? Is it like you're gonna tweet a congratulations and it's over? <laughs> Somewhere between then. Like what's your? Do you give a fuck really? <laughs> so I think what I, mean, I think what would happen if they won is whatever the Vikings did that week would be the A story, and then the Loons winning the championship would still be the B story in this town. The Vikings lose a game where they're disqualified from the playoffs already, and we'd still talk about that first. Correct. That's rough. Probably. I mean, the Vikings seem to always be the A story. I mean, we had the number one pick in the draft, and we spent twenty-five minutes talking about the Vikings' loss. Right. <laughs> exactly. Fresh in the mind, though. Um, yeah. So I think I would be like, I, I think this is my problem with it is that I know that 
I am going to, if they keep going and they get to the final, I know that I'm going to be super bought in. Yep. And then they'll yep. lose and then I'll be super pissed and be like, why did I even care? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're, uh, you're, you got Arsenal at home. It, it's just like all of my sports teams are the same always. So nothing has ever changed. And for some reason I've burned my hand on the stove for 32 years of life. Eric, the constant is you. Stop being a fan of my teams, please. I should have just been like, I don't know. What, what are you talking about? You got Liverpool. You're fine. What do people who Yeah, that's why Eric's never fucking going to be a Liverpool fan. A while ago, I was joking when he's bitching about Arsenal. I'm like, dude, you can come and be a fan of Arsenal or I mean of Liverpool. I won't judge you. But now I'm rethinking this. Never. <laughs> won't allow it. So um, what do people who don't like sports, like what is their big hobby? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anime? Anime. Yeah, probably anime and like fixing things. Full-size body pillows of anime <laughs> characters? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just don't know. Like, I think I should have just had a different hobby that wasn't sports. All right, guys, last thing for this week is a new segment, okay? <gasps> Sweet. A new segment. We're, and we're not breaking it down? Um, It's not going to be a break it down. It's going to be a one-on-one this week, okay? What? Um, yeah, and I'm going to give you two people in Minnesota sports, and we are going to compare these two players, and we're going to come to a consensus as a podcast, okay? As to what? Who is more? Who is more important? Oh, that? okay. We'll go with okay. who's more important. So this week. I, I was wondering what consensus we were going to be reaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this week, we are going to do who is more important uh, to Minnesota sports history, is it Kevin Love or is it Carl Anthony Towns? Two mm. of the three greatest players in Timberwolves history. Wow. Makes you a little sad to say, doesn't it? Yeah. No, or, it's true. I mean, option C. He still has, like, a bunch of, of the scoring records and stuff like that. Like, he, you know, he was here for a long time. And... We sure thought he was the best fucking thing ever. It turns out that I think that those stats that he was putting up were padded in the end um, because he left to go compete on real teams with other good players and he became a role player pretty quickly. So I don't see that happening to Carl Towns at any point. I think he is still more of a number one guy than Towns ever, I mean, than uh, Love ever could be. Um, so I think that who's the better player? I think it's it's Cat. So I'm going to give you guys some stuff, okay? So um, Kevin Love was the fifth pick in the draft. Carl Anthony Towns was the first pick in the draft, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Love has played now 12 years in the league and has one NBA title, uh, though it came with the Cleveland Cavs, okay? Um, Carl Anthony Towns has five seasons. Love has been to the playoffs four times. Cat has been to the playoffs once. Kevin Love has been an all-star five times. Cat has been an all-star two times, okay? A few other things. All NBA teams, um, It's it doesn't say which one, one, two, or three. Um, Kevin Love has been on one of the all-NBA teams two times. Carl Anthony Towns, one time. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Love once led the league in rebounds, and Carl Anthony Towns was the rookie of the year, his rookie year, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a few okay. other things here. Carl um, Anthony Towns... For his career averages more points, more rebounds, more assists, 
more steals, and more blocks than Kevin Love, which is uh, interesting to me. Even, you know, considering everyone talks about Love as being a great passer and rebounder, the fact that Towns has averaged for his career more of both of those things is pretty impressive. Um, Also, Towns has been a better shooter, a better three-point shooter, and a better free-throw shooter as well. Okay, so he's I was right. My instinct that is right in most quantifiable stat categories, he's better. Do you think that you had more fun watching Love or Towns? No, I Love was just as bitchy and whiny as Cat is. Don't get it. Don't go to nostalgia time. He was a bitch. So you went and you uh, saw this firsthand, right? Well, oh, not, not we saw that. him many times. Yes, we did. Well, not only that, you Love, Love never won. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, I went to the Taste of the Timberwolves, which is a very exclusive event. I would not have paid for this myself. I got tickets through my work. And there was maybe, it's like 200 guests and all the players are supposed to be there, right? And dude, Ricky's so nice. I, I got pictures, you know, we were posting pictures with Ricky and my wife when he came back. And, you know, I Big Peck was there, motherfucker. He's huge. He was like the mountain. It was great. Everyone is in such a great mood. And here's K-Love, won't talk to anybody, goes and like sits by himself at a, at a table and throws his boots up on the, this nice cloth, tablecloth, leans back, he's playing on his phone. And then they bring him up to do like some games that are like, hey, you know, how well do you know your your players? And he walks off the stage and left. Now, do it you, was do you like view that, the most you, awkward shit I've ever seen. Do you view that in a slightly different light, knowing the fact that he was struggling with, like, mental illness at the time and had, like, severe anxiety and issues being in public and things like that? Does that does that change your, your view on that at all? Um, well, I guess, I mean, if you, especially since he's, I was trying to have fun with it, but you're right. No, I I mean, I mean, the other thing is though, I think at the time I was really viewing it through this, like the trade deadline had just ended. And I think he was sort of like internally demanding a trade. He wanted to leave. And then that came and went. And so I think that was him acting out in aggression at that time because of that. And so that's not what I viewed at the time, but yes, he has like since then come out as like, Hey, I've struggled with this and this, and he's been a pretty positive um, you know, role model and and kind of a ambassador for folks that have trouble with those things. So in the no, end, yeah. and for sure, your I think your your take of it is correct. I'm just saying, like um, a little bit of uh, leeway should be given for that. But also, he's a grown ass man, and regardless, if if he was too nervous or, or dealing with things, he just shouldn't have come. Mm-hmm. So to go there and then act like that, like a petulant child. Is not the right way to handle it as a professional. So, but back to our back to our discussion. Before Eric spouted off all the statistics, I was definitely going to say Carl uh, Anthony Towns is much more important um, in the in the town. Uh, well, in in terms of the the franchise itself, because he is a better player. Love in what was it six seasons with the Wolves? Never once took us to the playoffs. And I, I mean, right. for for you to be important to the city of Minnesota at least have to deliver something in terms of uh, consistency and leading your team to the postseason. And he's done, he did neither of those. I mean, I think the I mean, best I that they came was like a 50. I mean, they were like, they were like 500 was like their best finish under Kevin Love. So if he's going to be your leader, um, I know Cat hasn't necessarily done that. It was more Jimmy when we went to the yeah. playoffs, but at the same time, um, at least Cat was part of something that was a little bit bigger than just himself. Uh, Love never really took us over that hump. Um, also, the reason that I'm going to go with Cat is solely because Love demanding his, his uh, trade from the team 
led to us trading him for Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, he came from Cleveland, was drafted number one overall from Cleveland, and we got him. Yep. Yeah. So thanks, Love. Not thanks only a lot. Love not going to the playoffs. He also gave us Wiggins. That's yeah, that's pretty brutal. Well, that he gave us Wiggins. Finally, got out from under the thumb of. He gave us Wiggins, but then it was also our own our own internal franchise that signed him to a two hundred fifty million dollar <laughs> max deal. So that 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 had nothing to do with Caleb. After he had sucked for so long. All right, guys, that is all the time we have on this episode. Thanks for being here with us at our Northeast Homecast, um, where we are social distancing, and hopefully you will as well. I know that Thanksgiving is a lot of people's favorite holiday, and it's a great time to spend with your family, but it might be better if you just make food at your house and you like Zoom call your family and you guys argue about politics on Zoom instead. Unless you live in Texas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other than that, guys, stay safe, and uh, we will be back with another amazing episode of the Maurice Podcast. Bye.